Hello, I'm David Sparks, and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard, and this is The Automators, where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rose. How are you today? I'm pretty good, David. How are you? Excellent. Uh, we just had the release of Mac OS Ventura, which you and I have been doing beta things with for a while, and uh, there's an automation angle to this that we wanted to cover because... Uh, as automators, you know, there's a bunch of stuff involving shortcuts and other bits and bobs of things they've added. And we wanted to get into that deep today. So we're going to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing with it on and off a bit. And I've been fortunate that I've been playing a lot with Stage Manager over um, the last couple of weeks and months, which, uh, of course, lets me uh, get a little bit of a head start because that new feature is on both iPad OS and Mac OS, which is quite nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 good to see uh some more features coming to all the places that we we want to use them, even if uh, they're not quite there yet necessarily in the form that you and I would both love to see. Yeah, well, we're, I definitely want to talk about Stage Manager, not only as a feature, but also in terms of automation, because there is there is something to talk about there. But either way, we're going to get to that. Uh, but also today on the bonus section, Automators Max, Rose has an automated water bottle. And I don't know what that means. But we're going to find out together today in Automators Max. I, it, does it like march over to you and say, drink me? I don't know. What, what does it do, Rose? I, I can't wait. To There's rainbows out. involved, David. There are rainbows. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that. But first, let's uh, before we get into anything, um, as we do, we occasionally hear from Apple and they've got some new hardware. Um, since we recorded last, Apple has added some new iPads and uh, we thought it'd be fun to take a minute to talk about that. Um, the uh, So we've got the, was it the 10th generation iPad, which yeah. is like almost an iPad Air, but uses a really old Apple Pencil. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yes. It's yeah. a very strange I'm so iPad. confused. Yeah, I'm so confused because it's, so Logitech have a Logitech Crayon, right? Which is yeah. like the, the slightly cheaper version. It's targeted very much at schools. Um, you like press and hold a button to pair it. Very simple. Um, whereas the iPad originally was the one with the, you stick it into the end of your iPad and it sticks out the side and looks very precarious. Um, but that's how you pair it and that's how you can charge it. And it came with a little, um, lightning to lightning adapter in the box. So you could plug the lightning, the pencil into one end and a lightning cable into the other and charge it. And this was fine when everything was using lightning, but I, I, I guess maybe Mr. Logistics, uh, cook guessed wrong on the number of units they were going to sell or something because the new iPad is USB-C. And so they are selling a bonus USB-C to lightning adapter that you can buy to use the Apple Pencil, which is the one that works with the iPad. Because the new Apple Pencil, the one that magnetizes to the side of your iPad, doesn't stick to it uh, and doesn't work with it because they moved the camera to the top of the iPad. I'm I'm just so confused. It's There's like 33 different iPads out there now, and I have no idea what what how this works or if it works. It's so confusing. I'm really glad my parents don't want new iPads right now. Yeah, well, to further confuse things, uh, in the U.S. at least, that little adapter is back-ordered. So, like, if you get a new 10th-generation iPad and you want to use your old pencil with it, you're not going to be able to charge it or plug it in until, you know, weeks. Unless you use a lightning cable um, for it. Yeah, that yeah. that's crazy. I'm just checking here to see if it's back-ordered as well because uh, I think I have one of those Apple Pencils hanging around. Like, I don't actually have a use case for it. I should probably sell it. But, um, yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, uh, a little. It's a weird time. It's a weird time to to be buying an Apple Pencil. 
Um, I'm just looking and it's not showing up on the website. Excellent work there, Apple. Excellent work. Um, <laughs> USB-C to Apple Pencil adapter. There we go. It showed up in the search. And apparently right now, if I look to order it, uh, it's arriving next week. Okay. Just before the Apple TV. So, you know, it's not too bad um, over here. But uh, yeah, if, 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 you, if you desperately need one, David, I'll ship one to you. It'll get there faster. Yeah. Although in fairness, a lot of people buy iPads and never use the pencil. So for those that don't care about the Apple Pencil, it's actually a pretty good iPad. You know, it's it's shockingly close to the iPad Air. And that always kind of happens with the iPads when they release new ones. They like kind of inch up towards the next tier above them. Um, yeah. it, it is a little bit of a weird thing. You know, you've got three different tiers. I've always viewed as the entry level tier as, you know, people who just don't want to spend a lot. Like maybe you're sending a kid off to college and you're already spending enough on college. You want to get them a, an iPad, but just a basic one. Or like schools that buy them by the thousands. You want to have an iPad that can serve them. Then there's the iPad Air, which to me is kind of like the default starting point when I'm recommending somebody get an iPad. And then yeah. the, the iPad Pro, which is quite a bit more money and has a lot of features that some people really care about and some don't care at all. Yeah. And then there's the Mini, too. Don't forget the Mini, oh, David, yeah. because Can't the Mini uses the Pro Pencil. So it's more like the Air because it's got the pencil um, and it's got the the fingerprint um, or touch ID built into the power button. Um, but it's it's Mini and I, I, I don't understand the difference anymore. I'm very confused. Like, why, why are the Mini and the iPad Air on the same level, but there's no cheaper iPad Mini? It's, yeah confusing but hey there's new pros it doesn't really feel that confusing to me i know that's one of the knocks against the ipad line is that you know it's become confusing but i I feel like no there's the the ipads that are there exist for a reason and the mini is very much in my mind a small air than it is a small 10th generation ipad so i get that and um i don't know i feel like they kind of they're doing what they need to do although the whole thing with the pencil i think is a huge fumble and uh, they should have been a way to figure out how to get the second generation Apple Pencil to work with it. I I just don't get it. Yeah. Like I, I heard um, basically that the, what it is, because what they've done is they've moved the camera from the left hand side whilst it's in like the keyboard mode um, to the top, which is a more logical place for a camera. Um, uh, I, I'll admit, um, but because they put that there, that's where the magnetic part for the Apple Pencil is on the iPad Pros and on the iPad Air and on the iPad Mini. And basically, they apparently are unable to put the charger and the camera in the same spot. Um, now, I that that does make sense. Um, you know, you can like maybe run a ribbon or something inside of the iPad to to move the actual charger bit elsewhere. But then you still got to have the magnet for the iPad there somehow. And yeah, it feels like it's quite tricky, especially with the speakers. Now, maybe if they put the speakers on the top of the iPad instead of on the sides, um, then this wouldn't have been a problem because they could have put the Apple Pencil at the bottom opposite the power button, or you would have charged it with the tip always up so that the the pencil tip is next to the power button for Touch ID. I don't know, but I I understand why they, they've gone with the older Apple Pencil, but it just feels like maybe they shouldn't have moved the camera if they if they were uh, going to be that stuck. Yeah, and honestly, kind of my conclusion on that is if you're going to use the Apple Pencil a lot, just get an iPad Air, you know, save for another month or two if you need to. Uh, because the Generation 2 Apple Pencil is uh, not a incremental improvement over the first one. It is a massive improvement. And if you're going to do pencil stuff, 
just if like I said, if you have to wait longer, then wait longer. But get yourself into the uh, into the iPad Air because this this silly thing with this cable and and frankly the original Apple Pencil, it's just it was a good start. But the generation two fixes so many problems with it. Just just wait and yes. see the other one. Yeah, exactly. Um, because especially considering the fact that you can um, then on top of this, you know, get the pencil from the refurb store. Um, you don't have to buy a new pencil, whichever iPad you're getting. Um, you know, you can save some money on that. Um, and of course, if you were getting, say, an iPad Air or a Mini, uh, then you might be able to get from the um, refurb store. Or if you've been saving your pennies, maybe you can get one of the last gen pros because, you know, the M1 iPad pros are amazing. Uh, but there's M2 ones as well now, David. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about that. So you, we've now gone from uh, M1 to M2 in the iPad lines. That was the other big announcement, new pros. Yeah. It's very much an incremental improvement over the last year. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. an evolution, yep. hey, we got new silicon. Uh, a couple small changes, but overall, it, it's not a huge change. And uh, I, I'm not sure that we needed a huge change. Like I, for one, really like the current iPad design with the squared off edges um, yes. I, if Apple suddenly decided to like turn it into the bar of soap that the iPhone was for so long, I'd be sad. So I'm glad they're sticking with the same industrial design. And I'm also happy to see that, you know, in Apple's mind, every time we get a new generation of Apple Silicon, that their products get updated. I mean, it's, we've already got an M2 MacBook Air. We've got an M2 iPad. If the rumors are correct, we're going to have M2 MacBook Pros. In fact, uh, based on recording times, it may exist already by the time this show ships because we're recording a little early this this, uh, this episode. And the rumors mm-hmm. are that it's going to drop in October or November. So it's, uh, you know, it's good. I like that Apple's doing that. Um, that doesn't mean if you have the M1 that you're missing out, you need to run out and get the M2. I think this is no. the iPad. If somebody has an aging iPad and they want to get the latest and greatest, they might as well get the M2. And um, I'm, you know, I'm happy to see that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And, you know, I am actually upgrading my iPad, David. We'll have to talk about um, what uh, what we're doing. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that feature-wise, there's necessarily a huge reason to jump from M1 to M2, um, unless you're also doing another change, such as, you know, size, say, et cetera. Yeah. Um, in which case, you know, it's worth considering. Um, but, you know, these are, you know, Price-wise, pretty much the same as a um, a, a Mac. Um, so you know you got to uh, consider the pros and cons of it. But it it does feel like the iPad Pro line, at the very least, is nice and stable. They've not made any changes to the smart uh, keyboard um, folio or the Magic Keyboard um, in, in options. Um, the Apple Pencil is the same. Um, it now has a new feature, which I I really like the idea of. of um, it's it's basically got a proximity sensor. So um, as your Apple Pencil gets um, closer to the screen, it sort of indicates where it is um, um, so that, you know, it gives you a kind of visual indication that the Apple Pencil's like almost on screen, almost on screen, almost on screen. And now it's touching it, but you've kind of seen things maybe move a little bit depending on what the app is um, beneath it first, which is uh, a lovely idea. I really like that. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, you know, obviously newer, faster processor chip in there, but uh, for most folks, I suspect um, they're not really going to notice that in the iPad uh, because we still got iPad OS. So, you know, if, unless you're building huge movies um, in iMovie or massive songs in GarageBand or 
um, you know, another similar app to that. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, folks are really going to need to take full advantage of the processors. That's it. It's always nice to have those as options. Yeah. One thing I was disappointed in is that the new iPad Pro 11 did not get the uh, better screen. You know, uh, mm, we got yeah. the uh, better screen last year in the 12.9. I was hoping, well, this will be the year that we get it in both. That didn't happen. The 11 still has the nope. screen. That being said, honestly, I've seen both screens next to each other. I don't notice that much of a difference, and I don't watch enough movies on my iPad to justify it. But, but you know, that's one thing I thought. Well, for an iPad Pro price, they should have got the better screen in, but maybe it's a supply chain yada yada thing, you know? I mean, maybe it is, but also maybe it's it's just a case of, you know, they'd felt that they couldn't get away with it in the in the form factor that it's currently in. Because um, the 11-inch iPad is, you know, not the heaviest beast in the world, but by the time you've added a Magic Keyboard or the Bridge Air Max or something like that, you are, you know, getting to a fairly hefty beast. Um, and if changing from OLED to Mini LED was going to add weight to that, even if it theoretically on paper, you know, numbers to numbers doesn't look like that much of an increase. It certainly is something that people notice when it's in their bag and they're carrying it around all day. Um, and I know for a lot of folks, myself included, the purpose of the 11 inch iPad is the iPad that goes with you. Um, and that's why I'm going back to the 11 inch, despite the fact that I won't have mini LED. I'm good with that. I'll live with it. Okay. So let's talk about that. So you bought something. Um, you, yeah. you had the, you had the 12.9. Was it the M1 or was it a prior? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had the M1 because uh, previously I'd had an 11-inch. wasn't the previous gen. It was the one with the, the small camera on it, the single camera uh, lens. Um, and I can tell because I have the smart keyboard folio, which I dug out this weekend, which obviously won't fit um, my new device. But it turned out I had a magic keyboard as well, so I get to save some money um, on that. But um, yeah, so I've gone 11-inch because what I had... Um, uh, until this weekend, um, is I had a 12.9 inch iPad Pro and I had an, an iPad Mini. Um, the iPad Mini is great because it just fits into all sorts of little bags. You can take it with you quite easily, but it is quite limited in that you've not got a huge amount of screen space yeah. um, available to you. Um, like it's great for the I just want to be able to have some uh, have something bigger in my bag that I can easily pull out and hold and read, you know, longer articles on. But it, it's not so great if you want to start typing or doing anything, you know, you lose half of your screen to an on-screen keyboard unless you have a Bluetooth keyboard. In which case, by the time you get a Bluetooth keyboard, maybe it would have been easier to just have a slightly larger iPad with you. Um, and uh, especially because the iPad mini is so small, any keyboard that matches it size-wise is going to have like weird compromised button, like uh, key sizes. Um, you know, I, I tried a couple of different iPad mini keyboard cases and uh, wow, uh, like all of the symbol keys were like, half sized and things like that and i found so many of them like they just didn't have um uk layouts with the l-shaped um return key um so it would be like a little button which like would be maybe the size of your standard letter key for the return on the right side and it'd be like okay i am not managing to type on this so uh yeah so i had to return the ipad mini keyboards so yeah, so basically just keyboards on the iPad mini were really not working out for me. Like the ones that actually fitted in as like a case. So I was always having to carry an extra keyboard with me. And if I'm carrying an iPad and a keyboard, then why don't I just carry an iPad with a keyboard? And the answer was, well, the 12.9 inch is great. I love it. But it's a bit big really to just take with you as the spontaneously, maybe I will actually end up doing some writing while I'm sitting at my parents' place, you know, helping them go through product boxes, which seems to be a biannual event right now. Uh, we did that this weekend. 
um, and and so on. So instead, um, you know, I, I have gone with an 11 uh, inch iPad so that I will be selling the 12.9 inch once the 11 inch arrives here in a couple of days. And uh, yeah, and uh, my mum has been eyeing up my iPad mini for quite a while. She keeps sort of looking at it with covetous eyes. So I suggested that uh, she does a try before she buys thing and, uh, you know, gives it a, a solid shot for, say, a month or so. And if she likes it, then she can buy it from me. And if not, then I'll I'll sell it or trade it in or similar. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, especially as it turned out, I already had the Magic Keyboard, uh, which is great because the Magic Keyboard hasn't changed um, for the iPad 11 inch. What I would recommend for the iPad mini for folks who have one or are interested in one is don't get a keyboard case, but get one of those folding keyboards. You can get them on Amazon. They're about 30 bucks and they're fine. Like I have one and it's oh, yeah. great. They are great. Yeah, I, I, I have one of those and I really like it. It's just that by the time I am taking the iPad with me and I'm taking the keyboard, yeah. um, you know, and especially with having two iPads, like there's a 50-50 chance that the iPad and or the keyboard is not going to have battery. Um, so then I have to take, you know, a um, a charging cable with me and a battery pack and so on. It just, it felt like everything was becoming a lot of work. Whereas when I had one iPad, um, this was obviously helped by the fact that I also commuted to the office on a regular basis. So I'd, you know, put my iPad on charge before I went to bed so that then I would have my iPad ready for use while I was, you know, on the, on the train or the tram or yeah. the bus or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, the, having one device means it's charged and having um, just, you know, one keyboard means it works and it it's just an, a bit easier i found the folding keyboard like one of the things i like about the magic keyboard is you can just use it in your lap which is great if i you know think of some stuff that i want to write down as notes for automators or something you know i can just pull out the ipad um and you know and I, i've done this i'm i'm that weirdo who stands like in in stores like balancing her ipad like on like an end um like uh end cap i think they're called end caps where they've got like the deals which are yeah. not necessarily such great deals where like i will like pull out an ipad and like quickly tie some stuff in because like it's just a faster way of writing the things down and then shove the ipad back in my bag and continue on my way um and uh yeah the the 11 inch i think really is the sweet spot for me you know i tried going big on the iphone that didn't work out i tried going big on the ipad that didn't work out I am still, though, on the Apple uh, Watch Ultra train, and that, for me, is working out. I'm loving how big the screen is and how great the battery life is. So, uh, yeah, uh, fingers crossed that that one continues to work out for me. But I think for the, for the rest of the devices, I will uh, stay happily in the medium size zone. Okay. Well, I, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like that the iPad 11 is kind of the Goldilocks zone where you get, you know, just kind of the right size between small and large. Uh, yes, I I also am a sucker. I bought an iPad Mini last year and liked it and used it. But I find now that I have the bigger iPhone again, that you know I don't find that I need it as much. Like if I want something small but big, the the iPhone yeah. is kind of there. So I think what I'm going to do because Daisy's iPad is ancient. I mean, it's like six seven years old, and uh, the battery dies in it. I think I'm going to just give her my little iPad. Um, mm -hmm. we'll see. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but, uh, I, I did not buy anything. I have an M one, uh, 11 inch iPad. I have an older 12.9. I think it's the first one. Um, but something I've done with the iPad, uh, people in the labs know this is I've turned it into my desktop status board. I stick mm -hmm. it on a stand underneath my, my monitor and it's got the calendar and the weather and the active omnifocus list and the currently running timer and, 
just lots of little bits of data. Like I know right now, for instance, what time it is in London, 7.25 p.m. Um, but the uh, so I've got all that stuff just on the little status board. And I had planned on selling this iPad. In fact, I had, you know, done the thing online where they were going to send me the box. And I thought, well, let me just try this one thing before I leave. And I'll tell you, I really like this 12.9-inch iPad under my screen. I use it all day. And, you know, now that Apple has the ability to share a mouse and keyboard between the two devices, um, the 12.9-inch iPad uh, is the iPad I probably use the most, but I never move it from its location. And the the 11-inch goes with me to Disneyland and on trips and things and even around the house. But the... uh, uh, I know I'm really like living life here, but having a 12.9 just as a secondary screen at your desk is amazing. And if anybody out there has a 12.9 in a drawer that they're not using, get a stand, stick it underneath or next to your Mac and just try this because you will love it. It it really uh, changes my opinion of this big iPad. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I really do love. Um, you know, the the extra screen space on it and especially being able to use it with either universal control or um, oh, what's the name of the uh, screen extension feature uh, built uh, into Mac OS? Sidecar. Sidecar. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, either with that or even, um, you know, going a little bit further and going, OK, cool. Actually, I'm going to just use this with like a Luna display or something, which can be uh, a little better for certain situations. Um, yeah. You know, I have my Luna display dongle. I've got a little um, Tombin ghost whale in, in my uh, bag, David. It's got all sorts of useful little things in there. USB A to C adapter, SIM card tool. Uh, Luna display, things like that. Um, and it's always handy to have that around. It's got a, a three-in-one cable as well, like a little short one for charging devices or connecting stuff. Um, but, you know, just being able to use that um, as the extra screen space. But I've also found I won't take the 12.9-inch iPad with me if I think I might need extra screen space um, just because it weighs quite a chunk. Yeah. Um, and I actually have a 15-inch external display, a uh, portable one, um, and that weighs less and yeah. it's 15 inches, not 12.9 inches. Um, or so, you know, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, like maybe the screen quality is not as great, sure, but I'll live with that. But uh yeah, if I just need screen space, uh, then I'll I'll take the uh, spare monitor with me. So yeah. Um, but you know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh the new uh eleven uh inch arriving and uh also my new Apple TV, because I bought a new Apple TV two weeks earlier, so I was able to return it. Um, and uh, get the new one uh, that's coming in, um, which is good. So I'm going to shuffle some uh, Apple TVs around um, because uh, the the new one I bought, I think, was the same gen as the one in my living room. So I just chucked it in the bedroom. But now I'm getting the new one, like the new, new one. I'm going to pop that one in the living room and take the one from the living room, put it in the bedroom. Yeah, I I bought one a month ago because for the the indoor studios build. And so I'm beyond the return period. And honestly, I don't care. It's the, the new features aren't that big of a difference. Um, one other thing you bought, though, I know, and I forgot about this product until I saw it in the notes, is you bought one of those cool little continuity camera stands for your phone. Uh, continuity camera for uh, Mac OS is out with Mac OS Ventura. I and mean, continuity camera is the feature where if you like need to send an attachment in pages, you can like right click and do an attachment like from the camera on your phone. But they've taken it a step further with Mac OS Ventura in that you can use your phone camera as your web camera so that you can just like sort of balance your your iPhone um, on a nifty little display for um, your Mac and well your camera your phone camera automatically turns into the webcam 
Um, and it uses all three lenses on the pro cameras to, um, you know, do fancy like uh, a top down view um, using like the fisheye lens and everything. And then like machine learning, I guess, to uh, uh, tidy it back up so that it's not weirdly stretched and weird angles. Um, it can do um, the, uh, what is it, the autofocus um, things where it'll follow you around. Um, and uh, yeah, center stage, that's the one. And uh, I'm I'm just looking forward to it. It Like the little Belkin uh, adapters are available in the Apple store now. So I've ordered one and fingers crossed it's actually supposed to be arriving tomorrow. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, it's one of those things where I thought, you know, that that actually, especially if you've, you know, if you're somebody who travels um, and you need to take your Mac with you and you need a better camera for it, instead of throwing a web camera in your bag, we've already got your iPhone why not just, you know, throw a little uh, dongle in there and it comes in white and black. So I've ordered it in black to make it easier to lose in the in the tech bag. Um, I suspect white would disappear just as easily. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be giving it a try. Yeah. One sad thing I looked that up is they don't make it for the Pro Display or the Pro Display XPR. They, um, no. Or the no. Studio Display, um, I mean, yeah. No, the studio display's got its own studio uh, center stage camera built into it, though. Which is not uh, great, you know? So it's like, why not, you know, have a stand for it? Yeah, but um, but, um, it does have like a little grill on top, which have got fans in it. So I can understand why they they wouldn't want people just putting something on there permanently. Um, You know, it makes sense. Um, But also, you know, it would have been nice if they had done that. That said, um, you know, um, you can also just pop a web camera on there especially if it's something that you know isn't moving around what i really like about the belkin adapter is it is you know it's like a magsafe puck basically without yeah. a cable attached it's a little thicker but it's it's not big um so you know that'll be easy enough to pop in my little bag of uh, tech goodies and just take with me all the time yeah agreed uh, but I, I do think they should make one for uh, the bigger screens because this feature is significantly better first pro display xdr doesn't even have a camera and then uh, legendary, you know, pro dis, uh, studio display camera is not very good. So, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, but either way, that's cool. Uh, you have to let us know what you think of it once you get it. Yep. Yeah, I will do. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm crossing my fingers that the, the new fun things will actually be new and fun. But uh, it's always good to see that uh, Apple are, you know, bringing out updates and especially, um, you know, the, the updates to the Apple TV don't sound like much, but they have explicitly added a the ability for it to be a thread border router, which for those of you into smart home things, if you've been looking at a new Apple TV for a while now, you know, this is the one to get it. Well, assuming you get the, the the slightly more expensive one, which is the same price as it was previously anyway, um, because, you know, it, it's then got, um, you know, the ability to do all of that and the uh, super fast internet connection via Ethernet, which is great. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, good to see that they're doing updates so everybody can uh, jump on the automation bandwagon. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Electric. Unbury yourself from IT tasks and get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a qualifying meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. Turning a small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions because that's the reality of being a boss. And the team over at Electric gets that. They know small businesses, maybe like yours, face these exact challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. 
With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. It's so important to learn how to delegate when you're starting a business. And if you're listening to the automators, you know how to do this stuff. You could be the IT department, but that doesn't mean you should. With Electric at your back, that means you can be working on building the business instead of being IT. Don't get caught in the same trap I've been caught in the past. Don't turn yourself into IT. Turn yourself into management and make a business that can thrive. Use Electric. So for Automators listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualifying meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. Once again, that is electric.ai slash automators. Go there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a qualifying meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. Once again, that URL, electric.ai slash automators. Go check it out. Okay, so we've had fun talking about new products. Let's talk about uh, automations that have been affected by the release of Mac OS Ventura. Um, starting with Spotlight Quick Actions. This was a little announcement at the keynote, but it is something I think automators should be aware of. Yeah, yeah. So Spotlight Quick Actions coming to the Mac doesn't really sound like anything particularly amazing, especially because, guess what? They're in the touch bar too. Yeah, the touch bar that practically nobody will have on a on a Mac unless they've, they, they're buying something from the refurb store. They already had one with a touch bar. Yeah. Didn't seem to be around for super long. Um, but Spotlight Quick Actions essentially is Apple making the most of the fact that they're bringing the stocks app, the weather app, the clock app, and things like that over to macOS Ventura because now with Spotlight, you can run a quick action. So if you, you know, type command space and enter Spotlight, um, then you can type start you know, start a timer, nine minutes or just nine minute timer seem to work for me as well. Um, yeah. Or if you type weather, it'll show you the weather. Um, and if you type uh, stocks, AAPL, uh, it shows you, you know, like the Apple stock price. Woo. Um, but I think that this is really actually a good thing because we've had shortcuts in Spotlight on the iPhone for a while now. Um, and it, it it was one of those things where um, you know, if it's if it's not in Spotlight, all of the other apps that sort of piggyback onto the Spotlight index will also not be able to see it. So they then have to do their own custom integration to do things like get shortcuts um, and stuff like that. And, you know, they're constantly having to reinvent the wheel. And I think it's nice to have a more powerful Spotlight for everybody because, I mean, I don't know about you, David, but one of the ways that I use my computer is primarily the keyboard. So being able to type command space, even if I'm in spotlight and find the things that I'm looking for, um, is pretty great. Yeah, agreed. And I feel like this is just something that needed to happen for a lot of reasons. I mean, we're going to talk later about shortcuts and just how there were so many problems and shortcuts for trying to call basic data from apps like the clock app that just didn't exist on the Mac. And you needed, in order for shortcuts to really land on the Mac, you needed to have the parity. But the nice thing is they didn't just stop there. They're like, okay, well, now that we've got this here, where else can we do it? And the spotlight thing, I think, is great. Um, for people who aren't even interested in shortcuts, I think this is an automation that's, that's worth um, checking out. So uh, walk us through. Rose, how do you check the weather using spotlight? Uh, well, uh, so I have uh, Spotlight uh, under, I've actually got it under Option P on my um, uh, macOS Ventura Mac, which is off here to my left. 
Um, and then I just typed weather. Um, and of course, now I've dismissed it because the, the machine's off to my left. And so I was uh, looking at the wrong screen and managed to activate, um, well, my hot corners on my Mac Studio. Uh, you know, yeah. universal control works really well uh, when you hit the right corners, folks. A uh, little bit of a requirement there. But uh, yeah, I, I have to say, um, it, it, you know, you just type and it goes and that's kind of it. Yeah, uh, it's there's nothing crazy to it, which is honestly a very positive surprise. You know, I every so often when you're uh, trying to do, um, you know, something and like tell somebody how something works and it's like, oh, wait, actually, no, this is really complicated. How do I explain this in like three easy steps? Uh, but the good news is you you don't need to worry about that uh, with this. It is just weather. And yeah. uh, at least for me, that worked. Did that work for you as well, David? Yeah. Yeah, and and hopefully it's more discoverable by people as well in that sense. Um, Spotlight for me, I always have to think about it too because I use Alfred as my command space, you know, so uh, I've got to go over to option space to get that going. Uh, I haven't used it a lot through the beta because, frankly, I've got other ways to do this stuff, but um, I do think, you know, this is kind of like a boon from bringing those apps over. Yeah, I've just discovered. Okay, so the first time I did it when I was testing it, I typed weather. It worked. Now I've typed weather a couple of times. Didn't work. Uh, but I found if you do type current weather, okay, or I'm just going to try weather now. Uh, yeah, if I type weather now, um, then it shows me the weather where I am geographically located. And if I type in uh, a city nearby, then it'll even show me that for that city. Um, which is pretty great. And uh, then for some reason, it's not showing me the option to open this in the weather app. That would have been a bit more logical, uh, but it is giving me a good old safari where you can uh, check weather now, Bristol or Bristol TN weather. I'm guessing there's a Bristol in Tennessee. Hmm. I'll have to find out yeah. after the show. Yeah, we've got in the U.S., we've got every British town copied. You know, it's just the way because, you know, founding, everybody came over from those places and they're like, New Bristol, right? You know, New York, right? It's all it's all a copy. Yes. Um, yeah. You can also trigger sh- shortcuts in Spotlight, which I think is kind of fun. You know, if you've got yeah. um, a lot of shortcuts built and you just want to trigger a shortcut, it's another great way to fire off a shortcut. Yes. Yeah. Though um, I have to say, um, it does appear that what happens. So I've just typed um, uh, automators because I've got lots of automators shortcuts. Obviously, I've got various yeah. different things that are related to it. Um, and it is only showing me uh, uh, one shortcut. Well, it's showing me two recommendations at the top. One of which isn't a shortcut. It's um, something else that I've got saved on my Mac um, that's identifying as an application. Um, and then it's showing me, um, you know, uh, four uh, related um, internet searches um, plus a uh, search icon with yeah. uh, the word automators after it. And then after that, it shows me shortcuts, which gives me one shortcut. I've got way more than that. And then it's going into documents. Um, so I, I'm going to have to go back in and fiddle with the settings or the system. Well, it is system settings now, isn't it? Because they've yeah. changed the name of um, system preferences. But um, yeah, so uh, for anybody who had Spotlight disabled um, because they've been using Alfred or something and they want to go ahead and re-enable it, uh, you'll need to look for the keyboard options in the um, new settings, uh, system settings app. Uh, and then you can uh, actually re-enable it under keyboard shortcuts. Um which is quite good. And that's how you can change it as well. Um, but once you've done that, um, uh, it's well worth uh, taking a moment to check out. Um, obviously, you've got your, your app shortcuts with your modifier, modifier keys and everything there, including uh, screenshots. Um, but you should also, aside from that, 
um, not in the keyboard settings, actually check out the sharing. Uh, and under privacy and security, um, I believe it was when I was looking for this earlier. And of course, it's uh, here. Yeah, it's privacy and security extensions. Um, because um, there are a number of extensions in macOS, and you've, you've probably encountered some of these before. Um, but the way that the share sheet on macOS works has updated. And when I say it's updated, I mean like it's much more like a share sheet share sheet now rather than the share button that kind of works the same way as it does on iOS but doesn't work the same way as it does on, on iOS. Um, and, you know, to, to pair with this, they seem to have, um, you know, consolidated quite a few things down into one single system settings pane. So you've got... Um, you know, all of all of your actions and your touch bar controls there. You've got your finder options for quick actions and preview. Um, and all of your shortcuts show up, uh, all of your shortcuts that you have enabled to show up in the right-click menu show up here, which means that if you've created something previously, such as um, share PDF um, to David, um, you know, so that you can send any thing that you want as a as a PDF to David Sparks. Um, don't fill his inbox of, with spam folks. Um, but, you know, that's something that you can then enable um, in the various different places. Um, and that will sync back into the Shortcuts app. But it's quite nice that it's all in the system settings now, which which is a, a nice improvement um, for for all of that. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I have to say, under Quick Look, David, um, I'm, I'm getting a, a few strange things. So I've got thumbnails, which looks like Pixelmator and Ulysses, but then I've got a uh, desktop quick look preview, which is all one word, um, Pascal cased. But um, it looks like the, the way that uh, they've named some of these things, um, or they've uh, suggested that developers name things has not been entirely clear to folks because uh, that's not showing up the name of the app at all. Um, but it does mean that you can uh, easily go through and enable or disable quick look actions or and sharing for various apps, which will allow you to get data into them uh, in some in uh, faster and easier ways. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because they're definitely like treading into more power features into this. Uh, like like for instance, if you do a contact search in the spotlight, you get a lot of cool stuff. You get like recent messages and shared documents and. Like even like a list of events and reminders. When I look up Rose, um, I can actually see your your next birthday showing up here and my calendar list and some other stuff. Um, so that's kind of nice, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that's stuff that you don't traditionally get with something like Alfred. But then at the same time, it just doesn't have nearly the power that something like Alfred does. So it's like you got to figure it out. I What I've chosen to do is just keep it as a separate, you know, a keyboard shortcut. And there are certain things I use it for. But I, uh, but I still yeah. kind of be honest with you. I still prefer Alfred. I mean, uh, as an automator, there's just so much more I can do with it. Yes, exactly. And you know, it, it it's just nice to have um, those um, you know same features, regardless. Even if you've got one Mac that maybe is running an older version of Mac OS for a while, um, you know, having the ability to have one app that does the same things across those platforms can be very useful. Um, so yeah, though, speaking of things that don't necessarily sync across, um, the different versions of macOS, but are in the new macOS are the new focus modes, David, because, uh, focus modes were in macOS Monterey, yeah. but the massive upgrade that they've had is now there, um, in macOS Ventura, because for the last couple of weeks, uh, every time I've, uh, 
opened system preferences on my on my Mac, um, and uh, I've clicked into uh, trying to figure out why I'm not getting a notification from a certain app. It's always been a case of like, oh, you've changed how this um, how the notifications for this for this focus mode work on iOS, and we don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, that's one good reason to upgrade is just to get everything on the same grounds, right? You know. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I will be updating my Mac to Mac OS Ventura ASAP um, now that the released version is out. Obviously, I've just had one that's been running the beta for uh, testing purposes, um, especially considering the fact that I record podcasts. So I didn't want to risk breaking my main machine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good that you now have the option to, to flip it around and do the allowed um, options instead of uh, the denied. Um, and uh, of course, you know, it, it it then syncs. Um, and I've noticed as well, David, at least on, on this Mac, and I'll have to see if that holds true across others. It feels like those, um, those apps that you've listed there do a better job of handling. This app is for a different platform and would have been installed from somewhere else. Yeah. Because, uh, something that I'd previously noticed when I, uh, enabled, um, notifications from, I don't know, say BB edit, there was a 50, 50 chance that it would show up as just like the sort of gray, uh, app, square with like the lines around it um on ios with unknown application underneath it um versus you know maybe it might say like that it's bb edit but it wouldn't have the icon or actually sometimes it would have the icon and not have a name or yeah i, I don't know it was it was confusing it seems to be doing better now um i'm, I'm not confident that that's necessarily going to um stick 100 percent, but it does certainly feel like it's uh more stable um, when it comes to sharing that because the number of times I've removed notifications from one app because oh, I don't know what that is. I must not have it installed anymore. Maybe focus uh, focus modes have you know failed to realize that I've uninstalled this app from my device and then realize that I actually know this was a Mac app or it was installed on another Mac has been quite a few actually as I was tweaking everything. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Text Expander. When you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client. You don't want to be tracking down those same FAQs from the company website. These are the kinds of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster. And that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, letting you work faster and eliminate the repetition. And that allows you to focus on what matters the most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then create your chosen abbreviation and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. So make sure that you keep personality in the communication you send. Text Expander is available on any device you own and use across any app you want on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I use Text Expander for all sorts of things. And honestly, frequently at the moment, it's just making sure that I type the right email address when I'm at work or when I'm at home. And that's something I can do. I really love the fact that I just don't make these mistakes anymore. If repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Text Expander. Check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com slash automators and you can get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash automators to say goodbye to repetitive typing. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show. Okay, so let's talk about shortcuts. We've been dancing around a little bit. Um, the first thing that really is relevant for people on Mac OS Ventura is those new apps, Clock, Weather, Stocks. 
it allows you to do a lot more with shortcuts that on the Mac that you couldn't do before. Like for example, the clock to me is probably the most important one because I do a lot of shortcuts that are uh, focus related or like uh, work mode related. And I want to start a shortcut, set up writing mode, and then set a timer for 45 minutes. And then that timer will go off in 45 minutes just to make sure that I'm actually still writing in 45 minutes. You know, it's kind of a way to keep myself honest. And uh, for the longest time, I could only run those shortcuts on an iPhone or an iPad that was next to my Mac. And having the ability to get those running on my Mac to me is a huge benefit. Yes, same. Um, you know, one of the things that I do is um, the shortcut that starts my day um, on uh, or my working day on my iPhone actually goes through and it checks if I'm in the office or not. And if I'm not in the office, then it sets like a little um, alarm uh, for uh, three minutes before um, each meeting because I found um, like the calendar um, or Outlook um, on uh, that we use for, for work uh, has options of one minute and five minute reminders. Five minutes is too long. I'll be sitting there for two minutes staring at my screen or getting distracted. One minute is not long enough if you need to run to the bathroom, grab a glass of water or similar. Three minutes seems to be the sweet spot. Um, so easy enough, you know, when the day starts, go ahead, set some alarms. Uh, but I had to do that on my phone. And what I found is then, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, using my computer and my phone alarm rings while I'm, you know, on a call with somebody else. Maybe, you know, we hopped into the meeting early or something to to chat about something and, um, you know, get something out of the way with, or, you know, maybe I'm talking to them instead of the meeting that we had planned and my phone alarm is going off. Um, whereas now it comes through my headphones, so they don't have to hear that. Uh, I can hear that and I can hit snooze or whatever. And so, you know, it's just good to have, um, you know, these these things there because it does just mean that you've got the same options on every device to an extent. So you don't have to do as much, hey, if this is a Mac, I guess I'll just skip it for now. And it really depends on the context. Like, for example, if I have something related to the garden, like a lot of times I'll I have some plants I want to only put in the sun for like three hours a day and I'll set an alarm for that. Well, I want that on my phone or my watch because I don't know that I'll be necessarily at my computer in three hours. Um, but so that'll work. But all the work related stuff, I really find best on the Mac and just keep it in one place. And just to go through those new shortcuts actions that we're getting related to clock, uh, there are several, but the, the the few of them that I'm already funny, I use all the time is create alarm. So like, you can create an alarm in shortcuts now. It's something you can only do on mobile devices before. You can toggle the alarms off and on, and you can start a timer, you know, a countdown timer. And just those three are all I really need. But you can also get all alarms. You can open tabs. You can do more with it. Um, but I find that while the clock app is nice to have on the Mac, the shortcuts actions are great to have. And uh, I really believe the only reason they put the clock app on here was to enable that stuff with um, spotlight and shortcuts. I, I think the the yes. app is secondary, really, in Apple's eyes. Well, I don't know if the app is secondary because this is something that I've discovered periodically with my parents. You know, we'll go through this song and dance every couple of months of, hey, this app's not on my Mac. Well, that's yeah. because the app doesn't exist for Mac. Um, the most recent one actually was uh, BBC Sounds, which just isn't there on the Mac. They want you to use the website. And my dad had downloaded some weird janky app with loads of ads from the App Store of all places. It was terrible, like App, app Store candidates. So instead, I installed the Sonos app and just 
set it as a favorite in Sonos and that that solved the problem for him. But, you know, it periodically comes up with them, you know, and I know we've gone through this before, um, you know, of, hey, this app's not on my Mac. Where'd it go? Um, never was on your Mac. The weather app didn't exist. Clock app didn't exist. Socks wasn't there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, one of those things where, yeah, okay, there's websites for all of this stuff. But people who, especially those upgrading from an iPad, are familiar with there's an app for that. Um, and especially Apple's apps, you know, it, they now that they've got uh, Catalyst and, you know, other similar methods of making things cross-platform, uh, making their own apps actually go across the platform seems like a, a really good move. So I'm glad that they've done that because it will hopefully finally end the quest of, Rose, where'd the weather app go every three months? Yeah, yeah. So that that's cool. I like that. Um, and that does improve shortcuts. It makes things better. I I also like, you know, we talked about this is a little bit overlap with the iOS 16 show, but um, the programming modes to create these actions now are much simpler. So I think that's something that's going to be the gift that keeps giving for us. We're going to get a lot more shortcuts actions. And in particular, I think this really matters on the Mac because there's a lot of historical Mac developers that make great apps that have not really embraced automation. And I feel like in this next year, we may see some of those apps actually step in and, and use it because the barrier to entry is so much lower now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where having having everything everywhere definitely makes it easier. And knowing that it's Apple stuff that's available everywhere, too, really helps. You know, that I've, I've just been double-checking um, the macOS Ventura, like the Apple Newsroom, um, actual article about macOS Ventura coming out, which I'll, I'll make a point of putting in the show notes, um, only talks about weather and clocks. The stock app's not even mentioned here, um, which is kind of funny for me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just good to see that everything finally is everywhere. And uh, maybe we'll get everything everywhere for everything uh, from now on. I'll cross my fingers. We can only hope. We can only hope on that. Uh, the uh, Let's talk about the share sheet. Yes. Yeah. So the share sheet, though, wasn't a share sheet, but it kind of was a share sheet. And everyone was expecting because on iOS, when you you want to send something to a shortcut, you put it in the share sheet. And on macOS, you didn't. You put it as a share sheet um, app. Um, like you, you could still check the box for it being a share sheet app, um, but you, you had to, you know, tick some other boxes as well, which were basically used as quick action. And then you could turn it on for the finder or the services menu. Um, and uh, that that was okay, but uh, the problem is, is how do you find the services menu? Uh, good question. The answer, it depends. So if I right-click in Safari, just on a page, no services menu. If I select some text in Safari and then right-click, I get a services menu, but that only gets the text that I've selected. It doesn't get the web page. But then, and this is on macOS Monterey, if I click the little share icon in Safari... Then I can see, oh, reminders, uh, Mac OS, uh, Apple Simulator, okay, messages, fine. Um, you know, create a new quick note, add a bookmark, open in news, fair. Um, and then I tap on a little dot, 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 thinking, okay, where's shortcuts, where's shortcuts? I'll find shortcuts here. And I scroll, I do some more scrolling, and there's no shortcuts. But they fix that with Mac OS Ventura because... Uh, shortcuts is there in the share sheet for macOS Ventura. And they seem to have just upgraded it a bit. It feels like it works better in many ways. Um, and it seems like it, 
I don't know, maybe it's easier for app developers to integrate with it. I've not actually tried doing that myself, so I, I'm doing some guesswork. But it feels like I'm seeing more apps there than uh, I used to. I would just say that overall, I feel like indexing and activating shortcuts feels like it's been juiced up as we get into Mac OS Ventura. And that's, you know, it wasn't great uh, before, you know, and last year was the first year of shortcuts on the Mac. And I felt like that was something for whatever reason was not optimized. And it does feel a lot better now. Yes, exactly. So what we can do is we can put a, a link to there's a, a Mac Stories article about this, um, which they, they wrote um, actually back in July. So the share sheet has gone through a few little updates since then, um, but uh, it's still, you know, working uh, the same way that they described, which is really good. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's 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 nice to have your shortcuts there, um, especially because. Uh, my favorite thing is if you enable something as a service and as a quick action, and then you right click in Finder on it, then if you look under the quick actions, then you would get like big shortcuts icons. And then if you go down services, you get the same shortcuts without icons. Um, so yeah, it it feels like it feels easier to understand that things are in the share sheet now, um, and it feels like they they work the same way as well. Whereas previously, uh, share sheet. Um, photos, for example, if you if you were sharing photos to a shortcut on iOS, that was fine. But are your photos in the Photos app on macOS? Or are they maybe in the Files app in Finder so that you actually wanted to have Finder show up um, uh, instead? So yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that they seem to have uh, slimmed this down a little bit um, just to make it easier for us. So, Rose, I was curious. Now we're hitting the second year with shortcuts on the Mac, and it's getting better and faster and more powerful. Where do you draw the line between Keyboard Maestro and shortcuts at this point in time? Um, I mean, it really depends. Like, I, I still find myself struggling a little bit to remember to run shortcuts on the Mac. You know, I do, um, and I've got them built into a number of other places. Um, but I find that for me on the Mac... It's the sort of thing where Keyboard Maestro will fire off a, you know, a run this shortcut action or yeah. Bunch will fire off a run this shortcut action um, versus, you know, it being a shortcut to do whatever the thing is that I want to do. Um, you know, th there are some exceptions. I've got some stream deck buttons, which will allow me to select certain focus modes or um, various other things which are running shortcuts to do this. Um, but it is predominantly still keyboard maestro bunch you know apple script still in there you know all of the automation tools are there and you know shortcuts isn't bad or wrong it's just not quite there yet you know i it feels like i'm still missing some of the the, the features that i need to do a lot of the stuff that i want to do on the mac like you can tell it's come from ios and it's getting better um, it's getting a lot better, but, um, you know, and I think some of this is the fact that, um, you know, just there isn't an easy way for them to integrate with something like stage manager or spaces. Um, you know, like a spaces famously doesn't actually have an API. Um, and I don't mean like a rest API, like a, a web based one. I mean, like it, it's just not accessible to programmers. So you can't have, um, an application say, Hey, I'm going to go and open, um, up in a new space. Like if you full screen something and then you open a new window, it automatically opens in a new space. But if you have two windows of an application and they're in different spaces, they kind of don't really know about that or how to handle it or anything. 
Um, and, you know, so if you're right-clicking your dock, you can put something in a particular space or on a specific desktop or in all the spaces, but that's kind of as good as it gets. So it's not surprising that Shortcuts doesn't have support for things like that, that other automation apps have kind of found ways to work around. Um, but it feels like, you know, especially with things like Safari tab groups and so on, not yet having actions, despite the fact that they're on iOS, like there's still a way to go. And I don't know how much of that is Shortcuts versus other teams at Apple, um, or if it's a case of like they need to find the time to work together. Yeah, I I, f- I feel like there are lines for me too. Uh, like shortcuts for me is th- there are some things shortcuts are better than keyboard maestro. You know, I've talked about this before. Like I think contact management is easier with shortcuts than with keyboard maestro, and some of the some of the other kind of native data stuff that just for whatever, whatever reason aren't that accessible through keyboard maestro without resorting to Apple Script. Um, I also feel like shortcuts is really good at like multiple app simple shortcuts like. Project creation is a good example for me. Like when I create a new project, um, I usually create an OmniFocus task list. I create, if it's a labs thing or that I use craft, we have a shared platform for craft. So I create a craft document and I add a calendar event and things like that. I feel like shortcuts is actually better than Keyboard Maestro for. Um, And it's multi-platform. So all the time I put into creating it means I can run it on any device and the project creation happens. Um, yeah. Where keyboard maestro for me is number one, single app customizations. You know, we're talking about craft. Uh, there are some things craft doesn't do that I'd like. And I basically added the features with keyboard maestro trickery. And like I've got a craft directory that only these shortcuts or keyboard maestro scripts only run if craft is the active document. There's no yeah. mechanism for that in shortcuts. And it, it would be super slow if it, if it did. Um, and then like the um, contextual computing stuff where like I have a bunch of like crazy um, keyboard master scripts that I've written just on an as needed basis. And if I just hold down control option command M, which stands for Max Sparky, it gives me a list of like, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 of these things. And then they, they whittle down with a conflict palette, like mm-hmm. for the focus or for the automators podcast, if I just type a, then it gets rid of like, it goes from 60 to like seven, you know? And then yeah. if I type A and then G, then it opens the Google documents folder. And so stuff like that, um, it's just not, I, I just feel like um, shortcuts doesn't really lend itself to something like that. No, but they did add um, something which uh, I feel is worth mentioning, uh, David, because it it is all about, uh, you know, the automation side of things. Something I noticed, I think this must have appeared in a point release on macOS Ventura, is um, there's a checkbox, uh, sorry, macOS Monterey. Um, there's a checkbox now for provide output yeah. um, to your shortcut. Because one of the things that people have really struggled with with shortcuts on the Mac versus shortcuts on iOS is when your shortcut finishes on iOS, whatever's at the end goes into the next thing, okay? So, for example, um, if you if you just um, have a shortcut and you use a run shortcut action, even if you don't have stop and output result in, in the shortcut that you use in the run shortcut action, you get whatever's at the end. So if the last thing is a text box that says amazing automation, then, you know, that that's the thing that you get in the, ne- in the shortcut that uses the run shortcut action. Yeah. Shortcuts on macOS does that with shortcuts, but it doesn't do that anywhere else. So if you try and output data 
um, you have to use the stop and output option. Yeah. So otherwise, if you have that, that that same shortcut with just a text action at the end and you run it on the command line, you run it with AppleScript um, on, on macOS, nothing happens. You just don't get anything. So they've added a checkbox for for provide output. And and I think this must have appeared in a point update some sometime on macOS Monterey. Yeah, it, it happened right as they were, right in the summer as I was finishing the Mac uh, shortcuts yeah. field guide because I added it because it, it showed up at the last minute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the provide output option just adds um, an action um, to the to the end of your shortcut, um, which at least for me, um, as I'm playing with this, isn't moving, uh, which is quite nice. Um, so uh, I can. Oh, I can move it up now. Uh, there we go. But um, yeah, it it provides like an an output result, which means that when you run it on the command line, you run it from somewhere else. Um, you do actually get, um, you know, output back, which means that when you run that shortcut with Cable Maestro or whatever, then you will actually get output because this is the number one complaint that I've heard with people like shortcuts on the Mac doesn't work. It doesn't provide output. And it's like, no, you have to use the stop and output action. Otherwise, you just don't get it. Um, And uh, yeah, so I'm really glad that 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 has shown up because that that was a you know, one of the, those problems. And they've uh, also um, snuck in a button for um, add a keyboard shortcut. Um, so you can, in the uh, sidebar of any shortcut, you can actually add a keyboard shortcut to run that keyboard, uh, to run that shortcut. But unlike, say, Keyboard Maestro, um, you can't have like a conflict palette where you just assign everything to a couple of different keyboard shortcuts and that's it. Um, you know, you, you, you figure it out from there. Uh, you do have to assign a specific keyboard shortcut, which is unique. And when I tried to assign the same keyboard shortcuts to shortcuts, it did complain to me earlier. And I need to test it more with uh, Ventura, but my experience in Monterey was that was not consistent. Like you would assign the yeah. shortcut and sometimes it would trigger and sometimes it wouldn't. And if you have a keyboard shortcut that only works part of the time, then you might as well not have a keyboard shortcut. Because <laughs> yes. you, you got to yeah. depend on that happening. Whereas with Keyboard Maestro, it's very snappy. You know, so... So it, exactly. it, it is there. I really feel like they're both playing to their strengths. Like shortcuts for people who haven't done a lot of automation, who don't own Keyboard Maestro, shortcuts does a lot of great stuff and they're easy to build and they're consistent. Um, whereas Keyboard Maestro is kind of the in case of fire break last thing where it can do anything. I mean, like, yeah, I, I still am amazed like that because I have that Grammarly script I run and Grammarly it works much better on the internet than it does in the app, but there is no way to open a new document Grammarly short of clicking a specific icon on the screen. And it just amazes me every time I run that script and it opens the website, waits a few seconds and then clicks the button for me and then pastes the text where in the new document. I mean, it's like, that is so amazing that you can do that. Take a screenshot and just tell the computer to click the middle of that screenshot, right? I mean, yeah. find it on the screen no matter where it is and push the button. It's like, yes. that is automation, baby. That is automation right there. Yes. Yeah, it, it really is amazing that you can do things like that. Though I'd argue that by not having everything in shortcuts on the Mac, they're actually making it more difficult for those users who are, you know, dipping their toes in the water and, you know, splashing around in the shallow puddles, trying to start with automation because they've maybe built some shortcuts on their phone. Um, And well, if they were in automation, then that is only on that phone. So if they, you know, wipe their device and set it up from new um, or, um, you know, uh, they want to just use the same thing again, they can't actually use it on the Mac um, or say an iPad. Um, But 
like if you then like try and just run one of your shortcuts on the iP- on the Mac, you'll find a lot of missing actions. Yeah. Um, and so there's a new action in shortcuts in uh, iOS 16, iPad OS 16, which we should mention is out now um, as well, um, along with macOS Ventura and um, macOS Ventura. And that new action is uh, what is my current focus mode? Um, which you know, you, if you if you need a workaround for in a previous version, focus cuts. See the last episode. Um, but um, you know, th- this is great, uh, except for the fact that that's one of the few actions that's actually made it into shortcuts with macOS Ventura. That's on iOS. A lot of apps that have got great, awesome new shortcuts actions on iOS and iPad OS seem to be missing them on the Mac. Like, I don't know what's happened if, like, under the hood inside of the mail team, there's two mail teams. There's macOS mail and there's iOS mail. Um, And nobody's been working on macOS mail for the last year, so we don't have new shortcuts support and new reminder support. Um, And, you know, voice memos uh, is actually now on the Mac. That's a new app as well. That's great, but that's only got a couple of shortcuts actions. It just feels like, you know... we're kind of missing a trick you know it took me a while to figure out why my tab groups weren't syncing uh with safari and the answer was i was using safari technology preview which apparently seemingly doesn't sync tab groups um but the tab groups do sync with safari but there's no shortcut sections for them um on mac os right now um in mac os ventura the latest release version um uh, as as we're talking so i was running the last release candidate before the the official release it, it certainly didn't have them. And I just feel like by not having these shortcuts actions, um, you know, they, they end up causing new users and those not familiar with things, or even those who are familiar with things, just a bit of grief. I had something the other day, I was trying to figure out why, like, why is this bunch failing? And it was because I'd updated the shortcut on iOS and the app had updated on iOS to have awesome new shortcuts actions, but I couldn't install the update to the app yet for the Mac because it had to wait for macOS Ventura. Yeah, I can't agree more. I mean, it's just like that, that running into those things is really frustrating. Like, why is this not here? And um, uh, it, but you really talked about two categories of things there. Like, for instance, Notes got a, a bunch of great new shortcuts, both on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. They brought most of them over. I haven't compared them one for one, but I think they're all there. But if not, most are there. But um, and then Reminders, which got a bunch of new features, but didn't get many new shortcuts actions, which I got, that's confusing to me, but that's kind of across all platforms. But the more, the more vexing one is like you said, like Safari having tab actions on iPhone and iPad, but not having them on the Mac or mail has a great new action on iPhone uh, where you can have it open a specific mailbox. Well, that that's a hugely useful shortcut action for people who want to contextually compute, who want to say, I'm going to work on work now. Just open up the work box, the inbox for work, not the inbox for mm-hmm. personal. You know, that's great. Doesn't exist on the Mac. You know, and I kept thinking, well, when it gets to release, maybe they just need to sort it out. It's, you know, now we're at release and it's still not there. And like, yeah. you, you can work around that stuff. Like the mail yeah. one, you can use it. There's a better touch tool uh, action to trigger a keyboard shortcut. Then you, then you use the, the mail feature to, you know, use a keyboard shortcut to open the box. But, that's like two or three actions. It's a point of failure. Whereas yeah. the uh, on the iPhone, iPad, you just added the action. I'm starting work mode, open my work inbox. And that's the, the kind of automation that everybody will use as opposed to nerds like us 
coming up with these oddball workarounds. And the parody, the lack of parody is concerning. Yes. Um, for me, the thing that really stands out here as like the, the team clearly, the teams clearly either didn't have time for or didn't care about shortcuts for Mac is these apps have got focus filters, which are there on the Mac too. So my focus filter for Safari can set the tab group. My focus filter for mail can filter my inboxes. My focus filter for calendar can filter my calendars. But I can't use that or take advantage of that in the shortcuts app. I have to use my focus filters for that. And it, it just, yeah, it, it feels like a little bit of a letdown because I really love tab groups. And I really love the fact that you can you know, activate certain tab groups and so on. But I click on mail and the four actions I've got are email address, kind of not really an action, folks, uh, get email addresses from input and select email address and set mail focus filter. Like, great, thanks. Uh, you know, this is this is exactly what I was looking for, everybody. I, I know exactly what I want. And uh, oh, that that bug is still present as well, where uh, if uh, if you search for an action, on iOS and shortcuts, David, I don't know if you've noticed this. So if you search for an action, and so say, for example, you search for the name of an app. Yeah. Okay. And then you tap on the name of the app. Then you see all of the shortcuts actions for that app. Now, go and do the same search in shortcuts on uh, your Mac. Yeah, I don't trust that. Okay. I just don't trust no, that. No, no, no. And then... And then what it does, so uh, so wait, on iOS, you tap the clear and it like re re retains like, or it, actually no, when you tap on the app, it shows you all the shortcuts actions for that app. On macOS, it keeps the search so that you only see the actions that have like your search term in, even though you selected the app. And then when you clear the search, it removes your app selection as well. Um, and uh, yeah, this drives me a little bit crazy when I'm searching for apps on, on the Mac um, or, or actions, because, you know, I've got a long list of apps. It doesn't necessarily have everything in it. It feels like they may have fixed this slightly in the fact that um, it, it now appears to be returning all of the actions all of the time. Um, that said, I'm not 100% confident it is. And I just want to know that I'm getting a list of all of the actions for the for the app. And uh, yeah, it drives me crazy that there's like a difference between these. And I know that it's just that's how this works on iOS and that's how this works on macOS. And so they like they're just using the defaults. Uh, but it feels like maybe uh, somebody at Apple needs to go, hey, the way we do things on macOS and iOS is totally different. We should take a look at this because it's confusing our users. Would you would you like a ray of sunshine? Would you like a ray of sunshine? <laughs> I would love I would love some sunshine. Yes, I, please. What do we got? If you look at the delta, the difference between the the Mac and the iPhone and iPad versions of shortcuts a year ago versus now. Oh yeah. It's much yeah. smaller. And I don't think this oh, yeah. is that they don't care. I think it's just trying to keep up. And yeah, I, I feel like it's it's one of those things that as apps have taken ownership for their own shortcuts actions, um, you know, it's it's become, you know, something that they have to put on their internal radar versus, you know, telling somebody who would hopefully tell somebody else who would you know, make the thing happen. Yeah. Um, and to be clear, I don't know that, you know, for example, the mail uh, team is uh, responsible for their own shortcuts actions, but it feels to me like that's the only way that this can work long term. Um, you know, one of the things that shortcuts did after um, being bought by Apple as workflow and made into shortcuts was, okay, developers, here's how you make your own actions. Like you go do the, the, the difficult work on your end of figuring out like what it is and how it works. Um, and like we'll provide all of the the links between all of the things to connect it all together. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, 
it obviously, you know, everybody has different priorities. Uh, but it it's just a little sad to me that when we get something so great on iOS, then you go and look at the new Mac OS and you're all excited and shiny and oh yeah. no, none yet. Darn. Um, but you know, it is great seeing how many uh third-party developers have been making some great new shortcut sections. Um, so Agenda's got uh, an update coming out, fingers crossed, um, for Mac OS Ventura. Um, I think they were saying on their forums, uh, which has got some uh, new shortcuts, actions, and so on in. Um, and, you know, those I've already seen and been using on iOS, and that's good. Um, you know, Omni Group have got all of their new stuff coming out, uh, BB Edit as well. Um, you know, they're, they're all of the app developers who have shortcut support are, are looking to see what they can do to take advantage of this. And a lot of developers have found, you know, they've done the work for the focus mode filters and everything on iOS. You get that on the Mac too. Um, and especially with iPadOS 16 coming out, it's worth mentioning that the focus filters are a per device thing that you'll need to configure. So if you've got an iPhone and an iPad and a Mac, you'll need to set like your mail focus filter um, on each device so that you just focus on your on your work mail on all of your devices if that's what you want to do. Um, but I like that. I personally think that that is a good thing um, because you can then take advantage of your shortcuts, um, which set your focus filters for um, your different, uh, you know, um, uh, apps um, so that you can have something that will say, okay, this is what I want my work focus filter to be um, for mail on all of my devices. Yeah. And so you can create like your your shortcut setup and run it, and you can run it on each device. And I really, really like that. That that like it took me a while to figure out what the use case for the set my focus filter action was. Um, but I think that's it. Like you know, you have like create set up my work focus filters, and so you sit down, you do it on one device in shortcuts, and then you run it on each device, and boom, that's it. You know, you're configured everywhere the same way. Um, and then you want to tweak it, you tweak it in one place and you can update it on all of your devices. But if you want one device that doesn't use focus filters, that's easy enough to handle. You just don't run the shortcut there. You don't set it up. Simple. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Hover. Make a name for yourself and get 10% off any domain. Just go to hover.com slash automators. Have you ever thought about starting your own business or creating a brand, maybe sharing your wealth of knowledge with the world? using your years of experience to create something for yourself? Well, Hover wants to help you take that first step in getting your ideas off the ground. If you have a brand that you've always dreamt of building or a business you want to take online, the first step is finding your domain name. Hover makes this super simple with a clear and straightforward user experience, easy-to-use tools, and truly amazing support from friendly humans. It's never too late to step up to the plate and share what you have to offer. Getting online has helped thousands of people around the world reach new heights with their businesses. And I'm one of them. I remember getting MaxSparky.com and SparksLaw.com were the first steps in careers for me. And uh, they were so important. And it really, I knew at the time that I did it, that it was a big deal. And Hover is the perfect company to work with in buying your domain and getting yourself started. In addition to classics like .com, you get extensions like .shop, .tech, and .art. And with over 400 more to choose from, you'll be able to find the perfect domain name for your business, one that's memorable, relevant, and boosts your brand. And you can buy a domain, set up custom email boxes, and point it to your website in just a few clicks. If you ever run into trouble, help is just a phone call or a chat away. They are super helpful. I've been working with Hover for years with all the domains that I own. 
Secure, simple, and reliable, Hover is a trusted and popular choice among millions of people launching any kind of brand or business. If you're ready to get your idea off the ground with the perfect domain name, head over to hover.com slash automators and get 10% off your first Hover purchase. Once again, that is hover, H-O-V-E-R.com slash automators to get that 10% off and show your support for the automators. Thank you, Hover, for all of your support of the automators and Relay FM. All right, so we teased stage manager at the beginning of the episode. Um, let's talk about that. I guess I want to talk generally about stage manager, but also the automation angle. So let's start with um, stage manager. Did you turn it on? Or are you using it? You know, I'm sure you've been testing it. Yeah, so I, I turned it on when when you know I first got the iPad OS uh, beta. It took me a little longer to install the Mac OS beta, and I tried it for a couple of hours and went, eh, not sure about this, and kind of just abandoned it for a while. Um, but recently I've been getting back into it more and more. Um, and this has been helped by reports from various different people, um, saying like, Hey, this is a lot better. Um, and it's a very different way of working, which took a while for me to wrap my head around. Um, but I have to say I'm liking it generally, you know, it's not necessarily the way that I, I have worked before or, um, you know, used to work or anything, but it's a, a different way of working. And I found that for certain things, it works very nicely uh, to have that, especially when you are, um, you want, a, you know, several different apps open on your iPad at the same time. Like a classic one for me is if I'm, you know, having uh, a conversation with somebody via messages, um, but I also need to be taking notes about something and, um, you know, researching something in Safari. So, you know, like we're, we're researching stuff and chatting back and forth and sending each other links and, you know, making our own notes about it. That's something where I will want three apps open and I want to be able to see like probably around about 50% Safari, 40% notes and 10% mail. So what I can do is I can have messages open and I can kind of put it behind Safari and notes um, and or drafts in my case um, and then like have, you know, um, Safari and, and drafts floating on top and tap between them. And then when I see a message come in at the bottom from somebody, I can be reading the whole message without having to, you know, just read it from the notification and then pull down and interact with the notification. Um, and I can, you know, tap into it to reply or just drag a tab over in, into it. And that works really, really well. Um, so I've been trying it a little on macOS as well. Um, I'm not doing as well on macOS as I have been on iOS. Um, but I think that's partially because on iOS, I like the fact that the camera uh, for um, various apps keeps working in the background. Um, and that's always been the case on macOS. So that, that's that been less of a problem for me. But I feel like I am finding ways to use it that I couldn't find before. But maybe that's just because it's much more Mac-like on iOS or iPadOS in some ways. What about you, David? All right, a lot to unpack there. I, I feel like you're right with respect to iPadOS. Window management has always been a thorny thing where there really wasn't a good answer. And I was thinking going into it that this will be great. I can tile my common apps and put them together. Like uh, for me, like a, a good test of all this is communications. Like I do not want to see my email or my text message app open when I'm working. Uh, so on the Mac, historically, I keep a space with all that stuff in it. And then, you know, I don't have to, I intentionally go to that screen. You know, it's not like, mail is just there. It shows up when I go to the mail space. 
And I thought, well, on the iPad, that would be nice. But something I learned is, number one, you can group them together in a space, which is great. But I did not want tiling after I started using it. It's it's more of a layering like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And that actually is really useful. And I think it's good. I mean, I feel like uh, stage manager has taken a lot of heat, you know, from the you know, from the echo chamber of the Apple people. And, and I think it's better than people are giving it credit for it, but um, it does give you that ability to, to set, set certain segments of apps. So that's great. Uh, I'm still not exactly sure how I'm going to use it on the iPad. I think I will end up using it on the iPad though, because there really isn't any other options where on the Mac, there are so many options, right? You've got mm-hmm. spaces, You've got, you know, you know, Apple has tried all these different window management systems over the years, and they've just left them all in. This is one more of several. And then there's third-party apps, too, like Moom and these other apps you can use to arrange windows and automate a bunch of this stuff. So you really have a lot of options. I mean, you, you keep talking about Bunch. Bunch really is another option for doing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So I feel like this is one among many options. I think for people who are not super into the geeky stuff uh, having one option that is common to both iPad and Mac is a great idea you know so yes like i think about my wife she is my you know the person in my life who is a typical user of this stuff she likes it she wants to be productive but she's not going to listen to the automators you know and i think for her having a common frame of reference that you have the little magic groupings of apps on the side of the screen you click it and all your window setups change that makes a lot more sense to her than something like Spaces does. So um, I think for, you know, basic to medium users, I think it's going to be a big win. There's also things on the Mac I like better about it, though, because I think um, uh, one of the things you can do on Mac, that people don't realize you can combine these things. Like I still have a comms space, but with mission, I'm sorry, with, uh, with stage manager with on stage it, right? manager. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm talking too many different things with stage manager enabled. I can actually kind of have that page change its setup based on what I'm doing. Like social media is a thing. Like I have a, um, a discord server for the Max Barkey labs and I have Twitter and I have different social media things. Well, if I want to work on social media, I can have stage manager create a grouping of that on my comms page. Whereas if I want to like grind through email, it's something different. And um, I actually find that that is useful to me. Another thing people I think aren't realizing, or maybe you realize it, but you just haven't tried it, is that the stage manager groupings can be turned off. So you only see them when you mouse to the far left or right of the screen. Yeah. Um, or even if they aren't turned off, if you use window management to put your window over where the stage manager groupings are, they slide out of the way. They don't, they don't like overlap yeah. your active window. So, and then the way you access them once again is mouse over to that side. So um, there really are a lot of options with this, um, which is great. And I, I would encourage people to really give it a try for like two months, not, not a day, but like yeah. really try and fold it in and see how you can do it. Uh, combine it with, um, spaces if you're a nerd like me and it gets even better because like having yes. a space to certain types of commuting computing but the ability to actively rearrange those spaces at will is great like another one for me is a planning space with things like you know omnifocus and calendars and things like that whereas when i'm actually writing and doing work and production work i don't need to have that in my active space and i find that that kind of useful um yes. where it falls down is the subject of this show automation you know mm-hmm. it is not nearly friendly enough with automation tools 
I, I find it kind of funny that actually, uh, if you look, um, I can't find the page now that I saw um, where uh, Apple were talking about this. Um, but they said, like, it's the automated way of doing window management. Um, uh, and it's like, OK, uh, where's the automation side of it? Because there are, is no shortcut support. Um, and it seems like it's kind of like it remembers stuff, but it just doesn't feel like you can push things into it particularly easily. One thing I have found as a side note that I should uh, mention specifically on um, macOS, I've not yet found the way to fix this on on the iPad, is um, so if you click the stage manager icon in the menu bar and then you click stage manager settings, there's an option to show applications for uh, show windows from an application. I've changed it from all at once to one at a time. Um, and that has made this much more Mac-like for me because one of the things uh, we had when we were, uh, you know, preparing the show today, David, is uh, you found like you were trying to open a shortcut um, and it was like putting you in like the wrong stage manager and it was like in the wrong window. Yeah. Um, and so like being able to um, like specify, like deal with them one at a time, what happens, it doesn't quite work the exact same way that you'd expect but it like puts a little stack of that app icons in the left menu, but then you can easily drag one of them into the space that you you want to be in. Um, so you know that that for me is an improvement um, at, at any rate, so that I can you know easily uh, kind of like combine the two things that I need together. Um, so I've got now um, on that Mac, I've got a, a shortcut and OmniFocus open on the same. Uh, stage manager view um you know it is a little bit strange i find it works a lot a little better when the uh the dock ends up being hidden um so uh you know that's that's something to bear in mind um but yeah it, it it's a little weird that they have um called it you know the automated way of window management <laughs> and um yeah it, it doesn't feel very automated yeah i mean it should have a clear usable set of shortcuts to navigate it should have the ability to address it via shortcuts and um but you know this is the same problem with spaces there's it's just not addressable as a automation tool and that makes like using it more effectively way harder like you know getting back to my idea of workspaces customized to the type of work you're doing i should be able to jump to a space or to a stage manager grouping when I want to do that type of work. And I don't know, like one of the problems I can see is that like, how does it know which one you want? It doesn't give you the ability to name groupings. I mean, maybe they need to add some more like underlying user addressable identification to it. But I mean, this is Apple. It's a solvable problem. And it doesn't seem like they're trying to solve it. That's the part I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. So if you go into the system settings app, which was system preferences before, um, and you click on desktop and dock, um, then if you scroll down a little bit, you do see stage manager and you can toggle that on and off. Um, and you can click customize, which opens the same options that you get from the menu bar. Yeah. Um, but it kind of feels like, well, I'm in here. Oh, hey, uh, mission control. And then I see automatically rearrange spaces based on most recent use. Uh, side note, if you phrase, spaces have previously frustrated you, make sure that setting is off. Yeah, that the, is the, the worst most, setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, like the most confusing thing. And um, yeah, and then you see like displays have got separate spaces and stuff like that. And so you look at this and then you see, ooh, shortcuts. And, and you click on shortcuts and then you see show desktop. Now shortcut. 
um, for show desktop. Okay, cool. Mission control, keyboard shortcut, application windows, keyboard shortcut. Wait, where did stage manager go? Yeah, isn't there a more button here or something? <laughs> yeah, like, and, and so I, I scroll up and down, which on a 13-inch laptop gives me a little bit of animation and it moves the keyboard and mouse shortcuts uh, text to the top of the window. And I see exactly zero more options. So I think, okay, great. Uh, you know, this is, you know, macOS system preferences. So maybe maybe it's hidden under keyboard. So I go into keyboard and I click on the keyboard shortcuts button. And I think, okay, uh, maybe it's under display. Nope, nope. Uh, mission control. Nope, not seeing it there. Uh, could it be under spotlight? No, because I can't find these uh, mission control spaces through spotlight either. Um, and then I go, okay, app shortcuts. So I'll click on a plus and add a new shortcut for mission control. Only mission control is not listed in the applications. So, uh, sorry, mission control is, but uh, uh, stage manager isn't. Um, and it just, I don't know, it feels like somebody's missed something there. It feels like the same people who did spaces have done stage manager and then they've been told like they've got like to a point where it's like okay this could be a really great and useful and interesting feature you just need to add like some keyboard shortcuts and an api for it and they've been told nope sorry that's it we are reassigning you to another project thank you very much have a nice day um you know and yeah i just i wish like there were easier ways to integrate with this stuff like how do i change applications in stage manager with keyboard to make it more baffling, on the iPad, they have keyboard shortcuts. Not a lot, but like uh, the function left and right arrow move between what they call window groups, which is stage manager groups. But that keyboard function doesn't work on the Mac. You know, the, No, because function left and right arrow does something different on the Mac. Yeah. Um, or wait, was it maybe control left and right arrow or option left and right arrow? Uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like the, those those keyboard shortcuts are either reserved in various Mac apps or just you know, not available. And so you have to then use your mouse unless you use command tab to navigate between applications and some applications, but not all, will let you use control tab to navigate to different windows or tabs within that application. But as far as I can tell, there's no window grouping shortcut on the Mac where you can use a keyboard shortcut to jump between one and another. Um, no. So it's, it is odd, you know. Um, but they, I don't know, but it's early days. So hopefully that's on the whiteboard somewhere. I guess if we're a year from now and there's still no automation functions, I'll be sad because I feel like this just calls for it. You know, I mean, if you really want to do stuff like contextual computing and make your computer dance for you and take advantage of these cool features, you need a way to automate it. Yes. Yeah, you do. Um, one thing I didn't check, which I, I should check. So I'm going to look now. Uh, is whether or not there were hot corners for Stage Manager. Um, and I can see there's a, a lot of hot corners uh, still, locking your screen, putting your display to sleep, and uh, display screensaver. All of my uh, hot corners have been duplicated, by the way, David. So like, if I press the command key, then apparently like I can have it do uh, one thing. But uh, I'm not seeing uh, Stage Manager in here. I've got Mission Control, and I've got Application Windows and the Desktop. Um, or notification center or launch pad, but that seems to be as close to stage management as we get in, uh, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that's the thing. It's kind of a mishmash between all, three, all of uh, all of the things with some extra stuff on top. And it looks really great. And I'm really like intrigued by it. And I have to say the shortcuts actions work pretty well, like open this application um, and um, like 
uh, it's still set to split screen um, with this other application, but that works as stage manager too. Like that's fine. That that works pretty well. But yeah, I think that's kind of as close as we've managed to get. Though the mission control actions for um, moving windows, finding windows, and so on, they work with stage manager enabled mostly. Um, I've ha- I've had a couple of crashes, but I think that you know there's a lot of moving pieces when you're on a beta so i can't say that that's shortcuts or that's mission control or mac os it could have been all all of the above um so yeah but uh it, it's i'm hoping maybe maybe we'll get a point one release david and they'll have gone oh we listen to automators yeah add shortcuts actions for all the things Set an api so that bunch and keyboard maestro and all the other things can integrate with this stuff uh if you're listening and you do that thank you very much but uh, if not we're just gonna all have to cross our fingers and sit and wait and see yeah, one of the the little hacks I've done using Stage Manager for window placement because I still use Moom for window placement. It's just so yes. easy. Um, but you know, your traditional window sizes that go to the edge of the screen will you know move Stage Manager off the screen, and sometimes you want to do that, sometimes you don't. So I've added extra Moom shortcuts, some of which resize the stuff going to the left slightly not all the way to the left and uh, i can just very quickly jump between like full left or partial left if i want to be able to see the stage manager stuff show up so yes yeah it's it's an obvious little thing but that that's like that's the automation i'm doing with it it's like using other apps to uh you know reset windows so it still works but actually getting between window groupings is what i want and i want to be able to address them and just yeah. say, yeah, I want the uh, writing window grouping to show up and everything else to go away. It, it seems such a great idea. And it's like, yeah. you're almost there. Uh, you I know, mean, and I imagine. I'm, yeah. And I'm complaining. You can just go over to the mouse and click it, right? You know, it's not yeah. the end of the world, but it's like, but why not? Why not give us that? You know? Well, the thing that really strikes me is it would be really great to tie this into um, focus modes with tab groups and things like that so yeah. that I could have. Or, or not even focus modes, but just things like tab groups and yeah. notes folders and things like that, where I could say, hey, uh, so this is my mission control group for this thing. And it features this Safari tab group. Yeah. Um, and it's got, you know, this notes folder and this OmniFocus uh, pro- folder or project or whatever and things like that. You know, that would be really amazing. And you can kind of get partial part of the way there because you can have shortcuts open Safari. And then you can use Keyboard Maestro to click at a particular image in Safari to open the tab group that you wanted, um, which, you know, not great. But, you know, if you, if you use the tab groups um, actions on iPadOS, that's okay. Um, you can open that. But it, it just, yeah, it feels like it's almost there. So close to almost. And I, I mean, the thing that I would really love, David, I, I really desperately want this, is uh, I, I want these to sync. Yeah, I I want my mission control to be able to to work between devices, so I can have, or sorry, my stage manager to work, so I can have a stage, but it's a portable stage. You know, yeah. why can't I take it with me? And I know stages are built into theaters; theaters don't fit in your pocket. Um, but this is Apple; they make anything happen. So it would be great if they could, you know, make stage manager at least somewhat portable. Um, you know, and if if somebody at Apple listens to that idea and goes, well. Yeah, but what if you don't have the same apps installed um, on your Macs? Um, I'd like to point out that shortcuts for iOS doesn't guarantee that you have the same shortcuts installed um, across your iOS and iPadOS devices. And, you know, it's doing fine. So why not give me the option 
and just put a little asterisk of, you know, applications not present on other devices will not show in stage in stages. Well, also, I mean, another, if we're going to dream here, I would like to assemble them with automation and say, yeah. you know, get, get uh, OmniFocus and Fantastical and put them together in a window grouping. Yep. You know, and rather than me having to construct it manually and it's not that big of a deal, but once you add automation, it gets so much better. That's why we make the show, you know? Um, so exactly, you know, there's, there's work to be done there. I guess that's what we, I, I don't think the feature itself is necessarily a dud, but I do think no, no. that, um, it needs work and I'd like to see the automation end of it, get some, get some love, you know, and it's just not there yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Either way, we're the automators. You can find us over at relay.fm slash automators. We've got a great forum over at talk.automators.fm where I routinely find answers to my own questions, which is great. Um, you can check that out. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Text Expander, Electric, and Hover. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye, folks. <laughs>